Venha o teu reino, seja feita a tua vontade, assim na terra como no céu. Chleba naszego powszedniego, daj nam dzisiaj. Śnejaten no greszeli le nostre, prekum si no jertem greszici lor nostri. Mafia o asinidze u, si gongwała lo obilisi. Porque tuyo es el reino, el poder y la gloria. Kamule an salama lama. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to, to you guys joining us uh, on the internet. Welcome to you guys at Cafe Church and at Leicester. Can we just say welcome to them as they join us? Come on, put your hands together. Welcome them. Great to have you with us. We look at this part seven series on the Lord's Prayer. Well, I hope you're enjoying the, this series on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I've, I've been a Christian quite a while. I, I love prayer. Um, I probably don't do enough of it. I'd, I'd love to do more. But I think if there's one prayer I love more than any other, it is the Lord's Prayer. I've been praying it for a, a few years now. The thing I love about it is, first of all, it's like a pair of stabilizers on a bike. It teaches you how to, to ride in prayer. It gives you structure and order. But it also, there's such a, a, a wealth to the Lord's Prayer that even if you've been praying for decades, and I hope you're finding that during this, this series, there's a, a depth and a richness to it that you can just keep growing in how to pray this wonderful prayer. But I also, I, I hope too that you're finding there's an overflow from this prayer, that it's not just the activity of prayer, but it's what God does in us and what He does through us as we pray. You know, I often think, what a, what a great way to start the day. You know, even better than starting with a, a cup of Yorkshire tea and a, a ginger biscuit. Although I'd say, why not do both? Um, but what a way to start the day. You know, as we pray, our Father, His unconditional, passionate, personal love comes afresh in our lives and our soul gets reordered. As we lift up His name, as we hallow His name and magnify Him, the King of kings, the Lord of eternity draws near. The one who's not just an idea or a concept, but he's real. He comes close to us. As we declare his kingdom, his righteousness, his peace, and his joy get released in a whole new way. In our lives, in the, the lives of other people around us. As we pray, Father, give us today our daily bread. Right in the nitty gritty of everyday life, we start to see his amazing provision. And as we saw last week, we can start every day with a fresh sense of freedom from sin, a fresh sense of cleansing, of dealing with everything that would keep us from closeness with God. Now, I can hear you say, well, what could be left? What could be left? Indeed, Jim. <laughs> well, well it's part of the prayer that we come to today is actually the part of prayer that prepares us for the battles of life. Jesus taught us in, in Matthew 6, 13, as part of this prayer, to pray this phrase. Let's, let's say this phrase together. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, this, this is a reminder that you and I, we are in a battle. That we're in a battle where God wants to provide for us everything that we need in order to be overcomers in that battle. And then actually in that battle, there are two fronts, if you like. There's, a, there's an internal one. There's a battle going on within, where that battle between, will I do what God wants, or will I do what my flesh wants? I, I experience that every time I see a sign that says, do not walk on the grass. 
And else you get that? It's like, well, it makes me want to go and walk on the grass. So there's an internal battle. Anybody, you may be experiencing that right now. You may have areas of your life rather more serious than grass where there's a battle within. Are you going to do what you know God wants you to do? Or are you actually going to give in to the temptation? But then there's also not only that this phrase teaches us, not only is there an internal battle, there's also an external battle. As Pastor Agu was sharing with us a couple of weeks ago, we have an enemy. We have an adversary who doesn't particularly like us and doesn't like what we do. And I don't know, you, you may be one of those who right now, you just feel like life is one long battle. Stuff just it seems to be going wrong. Left, right and center for yourself and for those around you. Do you know, the truth is when you become a Christian, you are enlisted into an army and there is a battle. That's the reality. But I believe for you, if that's your experience today, I believe God wants to strengthen you. He wants to come alongside you and equip you for the battle. And I believe that as we look at this phrase, what you're going to see is God will always provide a way out. He will always equip you. And he wants to position you and I in such a way that we can go to war against the works of the enemy and we can see breakthrough in our lives and the lives of other people. How many of you could do with a bit of that? A bit more strength, a bit more grace, a bit more breakthrough. Well, I want to encourage you as you carry on praying the Lord's Prayer. I want to encourage you to pray for two things, which is what Jesus is saying to us here. Pray for strength and for deliverance. You know, the phrase has two elements to it. When Jesus says, pray, lead us not into temptation, that is a prayer asking God for strength to help us be able to deal with things that will be harmful to us. And when he encourages us to pray, deliver us from the evil one, that's asking for help against an external battle. So let, let's look at the, the first half of that phrase. That phrase, lead us not into temptation. Now, I have to confess, when I first became a Christian, that I thought this phrase meant something like, Jesus, would you please stop tempting me? Now, that isn't what this means. Okay, and as, as James says, in the book of James, he says this, don't blame God when you are tempted. God cannot be tempted by evil and he doesn't use evil to tempt us or others. We are tempted by our own desires that drag us off and trap us. Our desires make us sin and when sin is finished with us, it leaves us dead. Now James is writing there about the internal battle that each of us faces pretty much every day in the whole area of temptation. And it's like I don't know if you've, you've experienced it, but it's like there's a tug of war on the inside. Uh, as William Barker, the, the Bible commentator, once said, he said, every man, and I'm going to add in every woman, is a walking civil war. Experience that? There's a sense of, am I going to do what God wants me to do? Or am I, am I going to follow the things that I know I shouldn't be doing? And it, it's a bit like when we look at that word temptation, we have to understand what that word means. Because this is really important. It's not wrong to be tempted. Okay, Jesus was tempted. Therefore, it's not wrong to be tempted. What matters is how we treat temptation. Now, when you look at what James writes here, he says, the issue is not God. The issue is, is me. Okay, now don't be offended here, but your problem is not God. Your problem is you and my problem is me. Okay, there's that internal issue that we've got to deal with. Now, I asked one of our pastors, what do you think are the top five temptations that Christians have to deal with? Um, and hand, handily, 
Pastor Jim gave me all five beginning with the letter L. If you don't like them, you can blame him. Um, you may have a different top five. This is his top five. Not, not his personally, what he <laughs> believes, <laughs> as I understand it. Anyway, they are lying, lust, love of money, laziness in areas of Christian discipline, and lying in on a Sunday morning and not coming up to serve. You may have a different list on yours, but well, what James says here is that temptation is personal to us, and actually it's like a trap. It's like there's a snare that's being laid for us. You know, if, if you were an insect or a fly, there's a, a picture that will come up behind me. There's, there's a plant here called the sundew plant, which builds its whole life and nourishment around offering temptation to flies and insects, okay? If you're a fly or an insect right now, you're going to be salivating, about that plant there. And what it does is it draws, draws in unsuspecting flies. It, gives them, it looks gorgeous. It gives them a free drink. And then it wraps its leaves around them and slowly kills them. And that's the way it gets its nourishment. And that's what temptation is like. It looks good. It tastes good. But it kills. You know this prayer, what are we doing when we pray? Lead us not into temptation. What are we praying? We're praying, God... I need some help. Anybody here needs some help with temptation? Anyone right now facing stuff that you think, I can't seem to get free of that stuff. It just seems to draw me back and draw me back. And the truth is it satisfies me for a moment, but then I feel guilty and dirty and smelly and unworthy of God. It's killing me on the inside. Well, when you pray this prayer, what you're praying is, God, help me today. God, give me the strength to overcome that inner pull to sin. Father, would you sovereignly intervene? Help me stay out of situations and temptations that are too strong for me. Protect me from sinful and uncompromising situations. Give me wisdom to know my weakness and the prudence, that's thinking ahead, the prudence to avoid things I ought to avoid. God, give me your help. I don't know, maybe right now you can think of an area where you think, I, I need to be praying this every day. Do you know, this prayer might save your marriage. This prayer might save your children. This prayer might save your integrity. This prayer might save your finances. It might save your position at work. It might teach you how to deal with the, the pull of flesh to be impatient and aggressive when there's no need to be. This prayer might make such a difference in your life that you experience a whole new strength in areas where you don't currently have them. But I want to say more than that. Don't just pray it, obey it. You know, if, if you've got a, a, a problem with pornography, and you know the statistics on pornography, both in the church and out of the church, are pretty horrendous. If you've got a problem with pornography, I encourage you, pray this every day. Pray, God, give me the grace to stay out of it. God, do everything you can to help me break the hold of this cycle. But then flee from the sin. Run away from it. You know, if you've got a website you keep going back to, get rid of it. Get it blocked. If you've got a friend who knows you well, tell them, ask them to help you. Work out. When are you most vulnerable? Do you know, I can remember the Lord asking me that question rhetorically, saying, Simon, think about your week. When is the moment when you are most vulnerable to sin. This was in the area of impatience. Okay, that's where you're vulnerable. Be aware of that area and then learn to flee from those things and get help in them.
Get out of those situations. But then, you know, this, this phrase that Jesus encourages to pray, it doesn't stop there. Then Jesus goes on. He says, also pray, deliver us from the evil one. In other words, not only do I have an internal battle, there's actually also an external one. As, as Peter says in 1 Peter 5, he says this, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Now, you know, you and I, we have, we have an enemy, what Peter there calls an adversary. The adversary is someone who's opposed to us, who wants to attack us. Now, I think most of us, probably wherever you are today, will be on somewhere on a spectrum in terms of what you, you think right now about evil. On one end of the spectrum is the devil doesn't exist. Evil is not personal. And actually, I think, you know, you can be a long-term Christian and have forgotten that there's a battle. There is a battle. There is an enemy. And sometimes stuff goes wrong because there's an enemy. Because there's a battle. I don't know about you. I need to be reminded there's an enemy. But then over on the other side, the other end of the spectrum is like, he's everywhere. People who blame everything on the devil. You know, the sort of person who says, I burnt the toast. I'm under spiritual attack. It's like, no, you're not. All you need to do is take that little tray out. Somebody might learn from this. Underneath think tip the crumbs into your bin put it back in you're not under spiritual attack that's life okay now that about you I want to be somewhere in the middle what Peter's saying is saying don't be there don't be there saying be here you've got an adversary resist him okay there's a call to be people who go there is a battle and you and I we've got a part to play in that battle listen to this wonderful promise from Jesus he says look I have given you authority. Who has authority? Who's got authority? We do. Okay. Now, who's got all authority is Jesus. But what he's saying here to his followers is, I delegate authority to you. He says, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Think of a, a traffic police man or woman. I, I admire the, the courageous way in which occasionally... They have that terrible job of stepping out into the middle of a road to protect, maybe there's been an accident behind them. They step out into a road and they lift their hand and the traffic coming towards them, I'm sure they're praying like mad. The traffic coming towards them, 99% of the time, 100% hopefully, stops. Now why would a 10-ton lorry or a huge car stop when it's faced by a human being? Is it because of their strength? No, it's not. It's because of the authority the power that they represent. We all know if you made the mistake of plowing into that policeman or woman, you're messing with all the authority and the power that lies behind them. Do you know when you and I, when we lift our hands in prayer, when we say, you're not just lifting your hand in prayer, it's not just your power, you represent the King of Kings. You represent the Lord of Lords. And when you lift your hand, the whole authority of heaven is behind you saying, stop to the works of the enemy. Fear, stop here. When you declare, enemy, get your hands off my kids. Get your hands off my finances. Get your hands off our situations. Get your hands off this city. It's not just you speaking. Jesus, the, the delegated, the King of Kings has delegated you authority. 
Do you know, I, I want to say to you, when we come to this time of the prayer, when you're praying the Lord's Prayer and you get to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, it's time to go to war. It's not time to be passive. You've got authority and it's time for you and me to assert that authority. Do you know, I, I felt such a, a challenge in preparing this message. I almost felt like God is saying to, to many of us, it's time to rise up again. You and I, we're not victims. We're men and women in whom God has invested authority. And when we stand and pray, we can command some things. We can command some things to stop. And we can command some things to be released. Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. In Jesus' name. So, when you come to pray this prayer, pray for strength. Pray for deliverance. But then secondly, I want to encourage you too to pray for yourself. And also to pray for others. You know, if we're going to be praying into a battle situation, I used to think it was spiritual to start by praying for everybody else. But I can remember coming to the point of sensing God saying to me, no, you need to get ready. You need to be ready for the battle. You know, it's a bit like when you get the safety instructions on an aeroplane. They say, don't they, if the gas masks come down, don't look after your child first. Put the mask on yourself, oxygen, sorry, so that you can look after gas mask. <laughs> Just, uh, you knew what I meant. <laughs> the oxygen mask. That gas mask rejected. Oxygen mask. And then one on to you. So why? Because you need to be strong yourself. Look what Paul says in Ephesians 6. He says, therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. In other words, for me, when I get to praying this part of the prayer, and I, I, my goal is to pray every day. As, I, as I'm saying to myself, God, I recognize I go out into today, in a sense, I'm going into hostile territory. There's a battle within and there's a battle without. And Father, I want to go in equipped, ready to deal with that battle. Do you know, sometimes we get beaten up in the battle because we haven't picked up the weapons that actually belong to us. And I, I, want to, I don't know about you, I want to be utterly, utterly consistent in this area. You know, I was thinking, I've, I've been working now in various uh, forums for probably 40 years, starting as a paper boy all the way through to being a pastor. Do you know, in all those 40 years, I've had 100% accuracy on always remembering to get dressed. <laughs> I have never once, not once, on my way to work gone, oh, forgot to put my clothes on. Now, I'm going to make a guess. The vast majority of people who can hear me now are the same. You have proven consistently that you can get it right every single day. Why? Because it matters. Please, it really does matter. <laughs> that includes coming to church. But it's the same. If I can get the idea that I am going into a spiritual battle today and being clothed and ready for that battle is as important as me putting on my physical clothes, then I'm going to go in ready to deal with whatever may come my way. So, so what I do, I do what Paul says. I, 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 picking up that picture, pick up the picture of a Roman soldier. And I'll often kind of remind myself, I'm a soldier going into battle today. You know? We, I, to a degree, I think we need to get this word back into our Christian vocabulary. You are primarily a son and a daughter of God. Yes, you are. But you are also a soldier in the king's army. 
And when someone becomes a Christian, you don't join a cruiser ship. You have not been brought on to lie down on your blessed assurance and wait for Jesus to come again. You've been brought into an army. There's a battle that's taking place. And you and I, we've been requisitioned into this army to make a difference in Jesus' name. Is an amen. That, that, that's what the call is to be a Christian. So what does Paul do? He says, well, take up the weapons of your warfare. And again, what I do is, is I'll, and I can, you can do this quickly or you can take some time over it. But I take Ephesians 6 and I literally say, Father, I'm taking up the belt of truth. Father, today, help me recognize every lie of the enemy. Help me reject it and help me walk in the promises that you would give me. Father, I take up the breastplate of righteousness. Today, there's a guard upon my heart. I say no to guilt. I say no to shame. I say no to condemnation in the name of Jesus. And I say, Father, on my feet, I've got beautiful feet, it says in Isaiah, and I'm receiving that promise. As I go out today, I carry the good news of the King. And where I go is kingdom territory. I went out where I go, I'm bad news to the devil in Jesus' name. And I'm good news to the kingdom. Where you lead me, Father, I'll go. Where you want me to go, I'll follow. Father, I'm taking up the shield of faith. I'm lifting it up today over my life. I'm not going to go out without that shield lifted up. And with it, I extinguish in Jesus' name every arrow of discouragement, every arrow of fear, every arrow of anxiety. We say you're put out in the name of Jesus. And then you pick up and you go, I'm going to take up... I'm, I'm preaching myself happy today. Come on. Take, you take up the helmet of salvation. Don't you go, God, guard my mind today. Help me fix my mind on things eternal, not on things natural. Father, fill my mind with your thoughts. Help me spot carnal thoughts and deal with them. And you say, Father, I'm taking up the sword of the Spirit, the double-edged sword of your word. Remind me today of promises that I need to know, of words from the Bible, and help me speak them out of my mouth. Help me go in with the armor, Lord. Jesus' name. Do you know, I want to encourage you, get consistent in praying that every day. And let it become so important to you and me that not only do we wear our physical clothes, but we actually start to wear our spiritual clothes. But actually, you know, we need to move on. We're not called just to pray for ourselves. We're called to pray for others. Jesus encourages us to pray, lead us not into temptation. And also deliver us from the evil one. In other words, this is not just a prayer for me and mine, important as that is. It's a prayer for us and for ours. As Paul says here in Ephesians 6, having talked about the armor of God, he then says this. He says, with this in mind, with the armor of God in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for who? All. All the Lord's people. Okay, that's quite a lot of people. Now, I want to encourage you, first of all, to be a people who pray for the Kingsgate church family. You know, whichever centre you're in. If you're in Leicester, pray for, well, whatever centre you're in, pray for all the centres. Because you see, what well, the picture that Paul has in mind here, when he talks about the Roman army, it's not really just an individual soldier charging into battle on his own. Okay, now each of us needs to be charged up and ready, but the picture is like this picture of what they call the, the Roman tortoise or the Roman turtle or the Roman testudo, which was the key part of their army. And the whole idea is that we're doing this together. There's a tremendous power in togetherness and the sense that well, why was the Roman army so, so successful? Why was it 
a land-taking machine in that first century because of their togetherness and because of that sense we're lifting the shield over one another. We're here to protect each other above, to the side, to the right and to the left. I want to say to you, please pray for the leadership team. Please pray for Dave and Karen every day. Please lift a shield over them. If you're in Leicester, pray for Josh and Chrissy. Pray for your leadership team. Here in Peterborough, pray for the leadership team. Pray for Jim. Pray for Heather. Pray for David. Pray for Janie. Pray for Mike and Sheila Porson. Anybody else you can think of. Pray for your life group leaders. Pray for your cluster leaders. Pray for your group pastors. Let's lift a shield of faith over one another. Pray for your family. Pray If you're married, pray for your wife. If you've got kids, pray for your kids. If you're single, pray for your friends. Wouldn't it be amazing to lift such a shield over Kingsgate that it becomes impregnable? Uh, how about this for a quote? One of the Roman historians writing about this very thing of the Roman phalanx or tortoise, he said this, nothing but shields can be seen. I love this. In every part of the phalanx alike, and all the men, I'm going to add in women, by the density of the formation are under shelter from missiles. Wouldn't it be great if you and I could see into the unseen realm, and everywhere you looked in Kingsgate, there's a shield, there's a shield, there's a shield. All kinds of plans that the enemy had against us, spoiled in the name of Jesus. Because you and I, we're consistent in lifting that prayer shield. You know, I know some of you have been doing this for years. You've been praying this prayer daily, regularly. Can I say to you, thank you in Jesus' name. But please don't stop. My prayer for you is that today your shield will be shinier, your sword will be sharper, <laughs> your helmet will be thicker in a good way, your shoes will be faster, that you'll leave this place ready to go again and go, come on, we're going to keep lifting up that shield. Thank you for all the things that you've kept us out of. Division, fears, insecurities, attacks that we know nothing about because you've kept lifting that shield. But I want to say to some others here, I, I know some people, you used to be doing that. I want to say to you, can you go again? Can we strengthen the prayer army? Can we make it bigger? Some of you have never done it before. This is your first time you've heard it. Come in. You don't have to be an experienced prayer. Just learn to pray protection. And we've, uh, the prayer team has produced a great little booklet called The Prayer Shield. This will help you pray. Why not at the, the end of the service, wherever you are, head to the information table. Let's get all of them. And let's have this week and in coming weeks a consistent sense of lifting that shield over all of us. But you know there's actually a wider application of this scripture. When Jesus prays, say, pray us, he actually means the wider body of, ch of the church. I love this. Here's a, a quote from Tom Wright, who's a, a great uh, English commentator on the Bible. He says this, talking of this part of the prayer, he says, this is a prayer, I love this, that the forces of destruction, of dehumanization, of anti-creation, of anti-redemption, in Jesus' name may be bound and gagged, and that God's good world may escape from being sucked down into their morass. Isn't that an amazing thought that you and I, we can get involved in somehow, maybe on a small scale, but we can play our part against forces of trafficking, against forces of war, against forces of famine and sickness. And somehow we can play our part in lifting a shield of protection. And I actually think practically speaking, 
There is something to be said for just praying for the church universal. Jesus in John 17, he prays a very simple prayer. He says, Father, I pray for everyone who will believe. That includes you and me. Includes every Christian who's ever lived. And he prays for them. He says, Father, I pray for them, not that you would take them out of the world. Okay, Jesus does not take us out of what can be difficult situations always. But he says, I pray you keep them from the evil one. I think there's a place for generally praying for that. But I also believe God wants to raise up in Kingsgate men and women to whom God, he would give assignments. Prayer, say assignments. And what I mean by that is a specific place or people group or nation that God would have you pray for so that when you're praying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You're praying for that particular place. If you've never done that before, you may think about maybe praying for one of our partners overseas in Belembu in Swaziland or Compassion in India. Recently, I felt God giving me an assignment to really pray consistently for the situation in Syria and Lebanon. Now, when you look at that situation, you think, how on earth do you pray this part of the prayer for that situation? You know, we're, we're developing a link with a, an organization called Heart for Lebanon. And what they're doing is they're seeking to, to do a number of things. One is to reconstruct, help play their part in reconstructing a nation of four million that has had 30 years of civil war. On top of that, in the last five years, they've now got some, somewhere around two million refugees who've gone from Syria and Iraq and some from Afghanistan into their nation who are desperate. Now you just think about how on earth do you pray for that type of situation? Well, I, I went on the Tear Fund website and there's a really helpful little article from a, a man there who's in Syria, a Christian who, who's working there. And he wrote this and I found this very helpful. You, you may too. He says, the other day I decided to put the question to God. What can I pray that will make a concrete difference? Just thinking about the array of needs was so overwhelming. So I decided to start small. I found myself praying that today, if anyone was planning a suicide bombing in the region, the detonator would malfunction. Come on. I could believe that might happen. In that vein, I could also pray that today, somewhere, a weapon aimed at an innocent person would miss its target. That every barrel bomb dropped today would land on empty ground. That weapon shipments would be damaged in transit and arrive unusable. That weather conditions would disrupt a planned attack. Maybe a sandstorm would do the job. And he says, I started to get excited. This might be manageable. After all, simply praying in bite-sized chunks for whatever small things come to mind. I don't know about you, but that stirs something in me to say, that amazing. Here I am in the midst of comfortable England where I live. I can somehow play a part, maybe a small part. But as I pray, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. I can pray for my brothers and sisters whose lives today are not uncomfortable, but under the threat of death. Some of whom have lost everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. Do you know, we may not know in our lifetime what our prayers will accomplish. And I think it's particularly true in this area of prayer. As we pray protection and deliverance, strength and deliverance, you may not ever come to know what it is that God has done through your prayers. But I believe when we get to heaven, when we meet Jesus, he's going to say, let me show you a video. 
Let me show you what happened as you prayed. Let me show you bombs that failed to detonate. Let me show you children that were rescued. Let me show you marriages that were saved because you prayed. Let me show you what, what this group of people were not able to do because you prayed. How about you? I want, I want to be a part of that. When I get to heaven, I, I want to see Jesus say, yeah, you, you played your part in that. And you know, it's true here in the cities that you're in, in Peterborough, in Leicester, whatever area God has put you in. I believe one day he wants to play you a video of the things that he's been able to do. Because there's always a mystery in prayer where we partner with God and he partners with us. Where you can look at it and go, wow, God, what a privilege. I didn't know that. I didn't know that as we prayed and as we collectively lifted a shield, darkness was pushed back. Fears were broken. Integrity was released. Snares and traps that the enemy had to get people into the wrong job or into a wrong relationship, they were broken in Jesus' name. That'd be amazing to stand before God and see the things that He's done because you and I have prayed. Well, I want to finish by praying with us together. Why, why don't you, wherever you are, just position yourself before God. You may want to bow your head as we pray. But, but I want to ask you as I pray, what is the one thing that you need to go and do as a result of this message? Is it get out of a situation? I really do believe there is someone in the sound of my voice who needs to get out of a relationship that you know God hasn't called you into. And actually it, it is a snare that eventually will prevent you walking in the the purposes of God. And my, my encouragement to you today is tell someone and get out of that situation. But I want to pray for all of us for strength and grace and for a rising up of almost like a militancy that when we come to pray this part of the prayer, we're consistent and we're faith-filled. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that we stand under the authority of King Jesus himself. And Father, I pray first and foremost for a greater revelation of what it means to be men and women to whom you've delegated authority. Father, I pray this week that you would increase our strength and our anointing. I pray that you'd give us clear words of wisdom, strength to get out of, to get out of compromising situations. I pray that in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you that you would save someone who's right now about to step into something that's harmful to them. Father, we pray you protect marriages. You protect our young people. You protect our children. Lord, we pray it in Peterborough. We pray it in Cambridge. We pray it in Leicester and in London. And Lord, I pray too by your Spirit that you would stir in us a new militant spirit to go and take ground and protect ground in the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree with that, wherever you are, Say aloud, Amen.